Rebecca Claiborne Johnson. Hello. We are so excited to talk to you. We really are. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We're excited. I'm excited to talk to somebody who doesn't live under the same roof with me. Right. (laughs) I saw saw that. Uh, We are really excited. Okay, so we um, read your book, Better Luck Next Time, and we're going to be reading your book, Be Frank With Me, because this is our first book of yours that we've read, but... Can uh-huh. we just say that Better Luck Next Time is just such a wonderful, beautiful, incredible book? Yes, you can say that over <laughs> and over again. And, follow me around my house and say it often. And fun. <laughs> so, it's so fun. It's so good. Please give people the setup of your story, and then we've got questions for you about how you even came up with this amazing um, story. Oh, well, I'll tell you two. I'll give you two for one because in real life during the Depression, my father, who was very handsome and charming and a wonderful dancer, uh, somehow finagled himself into uh, his way into a job as a divorce cowboy on a divorce ranch outside of Reno. For real. And for real. Mm -hmm. Why does my phone keep telling me it's connected? Anyway, they uh that i always thought that was kind of interesting but it i was really a grown-up before i was like oh this is not a job that everybody's (laughs) dad does right and so and what what happened in the 1930s i mean it started before then but if you wanted to get a quickie divorce what you did is you went to nevada you lived in the state you could not set a toenail outside of nevada for those six weeks then they would make you a citizen and you could get divorced and um some smart person who had a dude ranch was like, oh, we could have divorce ranches that cater to these divorcees because people needed some place to live for those six weeks. Right. So why not turn it into a vacation? So they would hire handsome, charming young men to work the ranches, to be the cowboys, and mm. to be sort of like the, you know, the companions, just like, you know, they would play cards with them, they dance with them with the ladies. And after I did the research for the book, I finally understood what his job was. Cause I sort of always was like, what, what was he doing? It, what a, I know. What a it, wonderful job. Idea. I know. But <laughs> yeah. it, and you think about the people who could afford to get a divorce in the thirties and go there for six weeks, had some money. Mm-hmm. So rich eccentric people from all different walks of you know, life, but very well to do. And I love some of the inside things on these women. Um, so, but it was your dad telling you that sto- idea, and then that became the book. Sort or? of like, yeah. And you know, people from all walks of life and income brackets went, but the rich ladies would go to the divorce ranch because some people would like camp out for six weeks. Right, that's mm-hmm. no fun. I would so, want to go to the um, divorce ranch. Right, the dude ranch <laughs> with the hot sure. cowboys. I mean, what? And if you ever saw that movie from the 1930s called The Women. Yes. Oh, no, I'm a, and they, they go to the um, to one and that to get a divorce. And that's a very short part of that movie. Mm. But um, but told from the women's point of view. And to me, this was what made it even more interesting to me because of my father was like, what's it like to be on the other side of that, to be the person who's providing the service 
versus the person who's taking it in, which that made it kind of more fun for me. But maybe that's just because I had the personal connection. Oh, oh no. Just... I, I, and then the, now tell people, give the setup of what the story is all about and how, how the you women know, you know, and the women yeah. just a general okay. setup. Uh, I apologize for my son re- re- retelling us that we're connected. <laughs> um, they, uh, what they would do is, I'm sorry, ask me again. I got distracted. Oh, just tell us the setup, you know, about Ward and uh, Nina. Nina and, and, and the, oh, no, yes, yes, yes. The yeah. setup is like there, our narrator is a guy named Ward, and he had been going to Yale. He's from a small town in West Tennessee, which I made up. It's called Whistler, but it's kind of it. based on a town called Spells. Mm-hmm. He was at Yale for a year, and then the bottom fell out through one thing and another partly because of the depression and partly because one of his relatives fleeced his parents. So they're penniless. So they, he goes to uh, get a job working at the Boulder Dam as a doing construction and becomes incredibly well muscled as a result of this. And then he hears about this other job and thinks this will be more fun. And so he goes and takes that job. And then there's a, a number of different divorces there. One of them are two main ones. One is named Nina and she's an aviatrix. And she's six feet tall, and it's her third divorce, and she's probably 32. Mm. And she's a stem, she's a stem winder, which is like somebody who wasn't going to take any guff off her. She's like really fabulous. I love Nina. Oh, and I loved her yeah. too. And Emily is her best. They become instant best friends. And Nina, uh, Emily's very tiny, and she has run off from her philandering husband in San Francisco. And so they they become friends, and then, you know, Hijinks and Sue. It's, yeah. it's just... And the way you so tell the good. story with, you know, the old old ward looking back. Somebody's obviously interviewing him mm-hmm. and talking back on this time. I really loved that mm-hmm. whole thing because then, you know, the way it on everything, it's just delicious. It was just so good. Oh, I'm so but, glad. Well, you know, my mother is a doctor. She's 92 years old now. And she delivered thousands of babies and was the center of many people's life. And like Ward, she is sort of, particularly now, like we can't visit her. So she's like in this very lonely place. And that was sort of where, to me, this was interesting that you could be so vital to so many people's lives and then just be marginalized. So mm-hmm. that's part of it too. But that's the, the short, sad part. Most of it's fun. Yes, we, it we, is, and, and Ward reflecting, and, you know, you describe him, the young, as, the, you know, Cary Grant in Cowboy Boots, but, I mean, honestly, I did just kind of keep, I, like, pictured James Garner from Murphy's Romance oh as Ward. Yes, <laughs> I thought that, too. Did you? If you're just yeah, trying to... Go ahead. We're Uh-oh. talking with Julia Claiborne Johnson, which has that you have a beautiful name. Um, Better Luck Next Time is the book. Lori and I just absolutely love it. And it's different from anything we've read in a while. Um, it, yeah, it just, I like, you know, like your little your little tidbits about a drugstore cowboy. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you have all these really interesting the little, the, you know, his buddy, Ward's buddy. Um, Sam and Sam. some of his sayings, and I never knew like suicide blondes were. Was that meant that you dyed your hair with your own hands? <laughs> my, fa- my father used to call them that. So. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's if you re- if you ever read my first book, it's I live in in L.A. My husband is a is a television writer, and so I know a lot about Los Angeles. And in that book, there's a lot of Hollywood trivia, and I still have so much Hollywood trivia left oh, from it- that. So I was like, oh, here's a place I could use it. So okay. like that's sort of why. There's a Hollywood set designer designs the ranch. 
So Got it looks like not what a real ranch looks like, but what women think it should look like. Well, you know, one of the one of the I was talking with your publisher today because we mm-hmm. were so excited about this, and we're like, this needs to be that you're talking about your husband being a writer. Um, this mm-hmm. should be a limited series on Netflix or something because it HBO. would HBO would mm-hmm. just have such rich women characters and good looking guys, mm-hmm. and it's just such a fun mm-hmm. story that people don't know about the divorce camps, ranches, really. Yes. I from your lips to God's ears. I mean, I'm having like. All the meetings you could have now are Zoom, but I'm having those. Like, I have another one tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah, let's hope it works out. But, you know, you never know. I mean, right. so many things get optioned, and then they never get made. So Yeah, I know. Out. that That is true. But, but um, you know, and I, I was really, this just tickled me. I don't know why. I think maybe because I read this book in my 20s, and then I read it again um, in my 30s. But you... You said that there were two memoirs, um, you know, that you looked to that were helpful for the character of your aviatrix, Nina. And uh-huh. West with the Night um, by Beryl Markham is really one of the greatest The best books, books ever written. I, and I had never read it. How is that possible? Uh, well, I, Lori's told me about it before. Now I, I want to read Julia it. I've Julia about this book yeah. for years. And I, I just want to ask you, Julia. So you, you've, did someone tell you about that book when you were talking to them about Nina? Or how did you find your way to West no, with the Night? The way I found my way to Nina was that when I was growing up, there was one of my childhood friends' mother was a wasp during World War II, a ah. women's aviation, whatever, whatever. Yep. I mm-hmm. can't remember what it stands for. And she was about, I don't even think she was five feet tall. And I was always fascinated that this tiny little woman had flown airplanes and done this exciting thing. And uh, I'm going to try not to move. That seems to be throwing my phone up. But then um, I'm a, addicted to obituaries. And I went to see the, or I probably watched, streamed it, um, the New York Times documentary about obituaries. Mm-hmm. And they were showing some, the person, the filmmaker, the one they'd had for the longest. And it was for a woman named Eleanor Smith who, when she was 15 or 16, flew under all of the bridges around Manhattan. Nobody's done it since. That's right. That's an incredible story. And they thought she was going to die young, so they had her obituary, but she lived to be 98, I think. So after that, I was like, an aviatrix. I am in. That's what she's going to be. And I just fell into a black hole of reading all these memoirs. It's such a great title, though, an aviatrix. It sounds kind of body and it sounds version. I I mean, that's just what they did. Lori loves obits, too, Julia. Oh, my God. Well, the guy who wrote the funniest obituaries ever in the New York Times was from Shelbyville, Tennessee, my hometown. And that's how I got addicted to them. And there's actually a collection called 52 McGee's, which are his obituaries and you should get it if you love obituaries because we did we have, did um, have the, the book obit life yep, on deadline oh the okay. person yeah yeah, we, yeah yeah we had them on and i remember finding west with the night it was uh, after seeing the uh, movie out of africa and i wanted mm-hmm. to know more about isaac dennison anyway that's how I, somebody at a bookstore said, oh, you should read this book, West with the Night, and I've, I've kept that book, and it's just wonderful. So it's I thought so that was great, and you good. really, really did justice with Nina. That Her whole storyline was just so amazing, too. We love your book. Better luck next time. Oh. It's so fun to meet you. All right, so we got to ask you this. What's the last, what? current, you know, recent great book that you've read? Because we've already talked about a few of them. 
Oh, I read what I finished yesterday was Perestroika in Paris by Jane uh, Smiley. Have you read that? Say it again. It's very good. Perestroika in Paris. It came out in December, maybe. And it's about uh, a horse and a little boy and a dog in Paris. And um, it's very sweet and it's very calm. And I thought, oh, this is an excellent book to read right now because... It is very peaceful. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. You, you're just so, we love your accent, too, and we want to read Be Frank With Me. Oh, I, we totally it's so are. so bad. Tell your publicist to send it to us. Um, and, I will. And she's really good, by the way. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I'm she so called lucky. us out of the blue and was like, you've got to talk to Julia Claiborne. This is the best book. Oh. You're just going to love it. So she does a great job for you. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I'm so glad. Well, you've won us over, Julia. Good. The book, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, better luck next time. <laughs> I think you're just, you know, we know it came out last month, but I think it's just, it was one of the most yeah. fun reads and different. I see this book. It's going to be a really huge word of mouth book, too, I think. Well, I hope so. It came out on January 6th, and yeah. I don't know if you remember January 6th. Yes. A couple they, of things were happening. Yes, yes there were. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little bit. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, so. no, I, I think that this is going to be a word-of-mouth book because, I mean, a feel-good mm-hmm. literary comedy western that's incredible. With and women. the romance and the story. Mm-hmm. its We've never read anything like it. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Oh, that good. makes all my, me never getting kick, uh, picked for kickball teams in grade school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia, we would love to talk with you even if you want to do it about Be Frank With Me because people, not everybody might not know that book. It, it's escaped, very, yeah. it escaped our yeah, attention. Well, thank you, Han. Okay. And great cheers. To you guys. And we'll talk to you soon, we hope. All right. And everybody. I hope so, too. This oh, is fun. Oh, good. All right. And we've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz at 651 641 1071. When we come back, it's time to Hollywood speak.